friends. Welcome back. Once again, it's time for Maya, my yoga audio, where you and your mind can be on the mat. And today we have an interview with Kirsten Johnson, who is a yoga teacher, founder of the In Her Voices podcast, current president of Yoga Moves Us, collaborator with Free Day of Yoga and Free Yoga Sacramento, a mom, a recent retiree, and so much more. Kirsten's mission is centered around community, and she believes that every voice should be heard and that our work is to make yoga and wellness practices accessible for all ages and abilities. She promotes body positivity and mindfulness tools to connect the body, heal trauma, and create healthy habits for lasting physical and mental well-being. She works to provide inclusive experiences and resources for practitioners, studios, and teachers, improving yoga accessibility to marginalized populations, encouraging all to listen and speak from your inner voices. Kirsten and I first met at the Raw Yoga Center, where we were both teachers pre-pandemic. Kirsten, I want to welcome and thank you for coming on to the show. First of all, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, even though we're not in person together, I um, I just love you and I appreciate you having me on your show. And man, that bio, I think I'm going to use it for myself because I'm always <laughs> like, what do I put down? But ah, wow, that, that was thank you for that. Thank you. You're so welcome. It's your new elevator pitch. Okay. Who are you? It Kirsten is. You say, let me whip okay. out this let card me, let here. Me, let me, let me <laughs> I yeah. love it. I, I first of all want to ask you um, how you're feeling because you've been recovering from COVID-19. And so how are you and what has this time been like for you recently? I know every case is different and every person is different. And I'm first and foremost, just so glad that you're okay. My heart dropped into my stomach as I just told you offline when I heard. Um, mm. But yeah, tell us about that and how you've been doing. Um, first of all, I am, thank you for asking. I am doing wonderful. I had the most mildest version of COVID that you can even um, imagine. I probably didn't even think I had it until I woke up one morning and I couldn't smell and I couldn't taste. And I went and got through all of my essential oils. I'm like, why can't I smell peppermint? So it was like, yeah, it was very noticeable. So that was a one indication. And the other one was because uh, I think because of yoga and being connected with my body, I was very aware that my breathing was, I wasn't able to take a full, complete breath, a full, complete exhale. And there's several people in my family that um, deal with asthma. So I kind of knew what their experience from just hearing that. So it almost felt like asthma, but it was a little bit different. So energy felt a little off. And I usually reside in this like really high place of joy and, you know, and my yeah. vibration was just really low. So I went and got a test and it came back positive. So it was, it was an experience for me to just to slow down to, you know, maybe stay inside. And it was also a great um practice in love and compassion and just community because people that I reached out, people that I've never even met wanted to come by and, you know, just drop off things. I've had mm. friends come by and bring me like little healing, holistic kind of 
either tea or sea moss or just all of those things uh, to help my recovery and to make sure that I'm strong, my immunity was built up. So yeah, I, I appreciate all of that, um, this reaching out and taking you know time to just to say, I'm thinking of you. So yeah, that was, that was it was really, that, that, that part for me really touched me, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how people kind of jump to attention, right? When it's like when it affects anything, mm-hmm. but especially in this time affects someone that you know and love. I'm so glad to hear that. That's yeah. part of, I mean, a community you've been really a big part of mm-hmm. for such a long time as a yoga teacher and working with so many different organizations. And I wondered if you'd maybe tell listeners, maybe for those who know you, but also who okay. don't know you, more about your journey to becoming who you are today and what your first experience of yoga was and why you wanted to become a teacher. Oh, okay. So my first experience of yoga was not a good experience. And I sometimes refer to this, it was just horrible because I went to yoga at a gym and mm-hmm. and at a, it was at 24 hour fitness, but it was the instructor that was not as welcoming and i went there a lot of people hear from their doctors go to yoga go to yoga it's going to help with your chronic illness and it's going to help with when you have injuries but the yoga that i found that was being taught was not a accessible yoga not a form of yoga that was sustainable for my body that because it was all being taught to able-bodied folks and if you're not in that place if that's not your body's not represented in that physical able-bodied body, then how do you practice? And so I actually left crying that time. The yoga teacher was very rude. Um, I was the only black person in the class too, and I did not feel welcome. And I didn't go back for a long time. I ended up going back a couple of months later and there was a different yoga teacher. And I noticed that the um, audience or the students in her class were a lot more diverse. And so Mm. I went to her class and she was able to offer like, hey, you know what, have you tried this on? And have you tried this? And she actually made a point to come up and introduce herself and say hello. And so that made a big impression on me as far as yoga. From that point, I was like, okay, let, let me see what's the rest of the story. So I went to yoga at the gym for about two years. And and this is where we're getting to my whole yoga. This is where the, the venture begins, where you go down the rabbit hole. She gave me a flyer for Sacramento Free Day of Yoga. I still oh. have I still have this flyer. <laughs> I have it. I took it out of my in fact it'll be on tomorrow's my Instagram share. So um but she gave me this flyer for Sacramento Free Day of Yoga. And it was all around town. The studios um offered, or not all the studios, but some of the studios offered a free yoga class to invite new people to come in to experience yoga in a studio setting. So my first time, my first day, I went to five different studios. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I went to five different studios and I'm like, wow, this is yoga. This was a different type of yoga, more than the physical, like acrobatic kind of, you know, gymnastic, like let's do these hard, you know, things that we were doing at the gym. It was more of an introspective kind of practice, you know, things that you Mm -hmm. think about after you leave the practice. So I signed up for like a little six week pass at one of the yoga studios and it it was called It's All Yoga. Well, Mm -hmm. come to find out It's All Yoga was owned by the founder at the time of the Sacramento Free Day of Yoga. And I just love her. And she's my teacher, Michelle Marlahan. You've had her. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's been on the show. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even know that. We didn't even get into that when she was on. Okay. Yeah. So Michelle's my original yoga teacher. And so I went there just because I love Michelle, you know. 
and the just the way she taught the way she brought the other aspects of yoga and there's a lot of different limbs of yoga and just a whole holistic way of life so i went there just i got the little um what did i do i got the six i don't know i got this little package and i bought like 10 of them so i would go throughout the whole year so instead of going to the gym which is five minutes away i would drive 20 minutes away to go to a yoga class. And I stopped mm-hmm. going from four days a week to only going maybe once or twice every other week. And, but it was to practice. It was more of an enriching practice for me. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, I did that for a year or two. And then I'm like, you know, I want to take yoga teacher training, but I wasn't going to take it with Michelle at first. At first I was going to take an immersion at teacher training. I wanted to go mm-hmm. off to, cause I thought maybe I should go off to like India or Egypt or somewhere like that and do the teacher training. But I did it with Michelle. And that was like the best experience ever because it was able to invite the actual practice into my whole life, not just an, an escape into some other, you know, you know, vacation. But I was able mm-hmm. to invite all of the things of yoga. So I did that. And then at the end of the teacher training, I wasn't going to teach. I just wanted to go to learn Sanskrit, which I can't even mm-hmm. say Sanskrit now. <laughs> and she says, well, you know, free day of yoga, you've been doing it for three years. You want to do you want to help plan the event? She pretty much said, here, plan the event. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And that was in 2017. And I've been the event coordinator ever since. And so that was my introduction into yoga to free yoga mm-hmm. and how I started off as a community yoga teacher. So, yeah, so I, I started off like. I'm like, well, I'll just mile ahead, go ahead and get the certification. If I'm, if I pay, you know, I'll just go ahead and just do the video. So I did the video for my coworkers and they're like, so you're going to do this every week? I'm like, no, you know, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I, I'm not a teacher. I just did this just because I thought it would be good. They said, no, if you do it, you know how, you know, if you, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what if, and at the time I was telework, I, I only went into um, the office on Tuesdays. I said, well, let's do this every other Tuesday. I put it out there, 20 people showed up the first day. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing here. <laughs> and it's only a half an hour, but you would be surprised at the benefits of just breathing mm-hmm. outside, releasing, tapping into your body, disconnecting with nature, all of that. It transformed the rest of our day into something that was a little bit lighter, a little bit more release and relief. and. And I recognized that community meant the people that were in my community, the people that reflected me. So mm-hmm. it was maybe the people that were working full time, that had families to take care of after work, that had you know, other obligations that may not have been able to go to a full time yoga studio. But once a week, we can meet at the park and we can do this magical thing that they thought was like, you know, the bee's knees. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. And that was, that's where my love of community. And I, I came up with this, you know, you find your community, you reach your community, and then you teach your community. Oh, I love that. Even like from the workplace, mm-hmm. right on up through yeah. your neighborhood, your yes. friends, like yeah. you've truly built it from mm-hmm. the inside out. That's amazing. Yeah. The the workplace connection, because you're right, even just that half an hour, even just 10 minutes. There's times if you can just, if that's all you have Mm -hmm. to just take 10 deep breaths or do a couple of poses or just be really still makes such a profound difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of, because I know you're talking about about the workplace, but 
in her voices, your newish mm-hmm. yeah. podcast yeah. launched right as your retirement. As retired, right? yes. It was around right around the same time. Mm-hmm. So where did this was this idea percolating for a while? And what's it been like to host and, and produce? Because I think you're you're doing a lot of this legwork yourself, right? Yeah. I'm doing it. And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm feeling like, wow, that editing process is a lot. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so I did the community yoga and I started, you know, going out and more and I let it known that I am want to be a community teacher. So I've taught like in, in a lot of different amazing community spaces. I've taught at the jail. I've taught with the unhoused. I've taught with children. I've taught with seniors. I've taught in a church. I've taught everywhere. So this making this community, but going back to the original story of having a yoga that was a, I, I say it's a connection and the reflection. It's a connection of people that look like me. So that, that whole, I started doing this body positive journey of just being and knowing what it felt like to just be connected and to, and to affirm myself. And so, I mean, you mentioned my, my podcast and my um, Instagram, you'll probably see a much of pictures on me just with no clothes on because I love my skin. I mean, they're very tasteful and you're not having, you know, any type right. of you no know, pornography or anything like that. But it was a message that no matter what size you are, even with all of the things that I live with, and I like to say I live with a lot of limitations or conditions that you might consider not being able to do things, but having that compassion of living with those things showed me how to just navigate and chew up every day. So I started down this body positive journey and I wanted to have and give voice to other women to also share their stories because you said something in your book that says, when we tell our stories, we give other people permission to share theirs also. And I remember that quote from your book and that was kind of like the inspiration for me. Like, you know, there's a lot of stories that we have about our body, around our body that, we just don't talk about. And I was finding that during the Body Positive series that there were a lot of other women that didn't have this connection with their belly or their breasts or how to do these things and not feel ashamed of just being who you are. And so when we let all that thing go and we start to talk about it and you know give away and, and tear down and off the layers, then we find that we're just people that just want to be seen and heard from each other. So. That's where the, in her voices kind of like spring forth and yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. (laughs) Yeah. Again, from the inside out, Mm -hmm. right. Just approaching how we treat ourselves. And I haven't mentioned it yet, but I've been lucky to be one of Kirsten's guests on the, on the show so Mm -hmm. far. And she asked some really, really deep and profound and probing questions, but it's like, I would challenge listeners to listen to the podcast and listen to those questions. And then just pause it mm-hmm. and like think to yourself, like, how would you answer that question yeah. for yourself if you were, regardless <laughs> if you're going to be on Kirsten's show or not? But like, I think they're that powerful mm-hmm. to sort of gauge where you're at in your body, where you've come from, where you're going and what that means mm-hmm. in your life. And it's the way you post about it too, like on your Instagram and in your, in your everyday life, like the way I see you virtually. And like you said, it's all very tasteful. It's just like, it's you your natural body in your natural environment, yeah. wherever that happens to be 
It freaks my kids time. out, though. You know, they don't. They, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. My son's not even on, on social media. He's like not dealing. My daughter like, really? Again, mom? Really? Again? And I would tell her, I used to tell her because she, you know, she, she, um, she, when she was younger in high school and she was a judo uh, wrestler. Mm-hmm. She had, oh my God. I said, if I had your body, I'd just walk around naked all the time. Well, you know what? I don't have her body, but I still walk around naked all the time because, you know. <laughs> Oh what? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's part of part of it, right? Yeah. Loving ourselves as we are. And yeah. it's I feel like it's a daily practice. You don't just wake up one day mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm so happy to be me. Yeah. And you know, there's years and years of conditioning mm-hmm. that we have to, to let go of. Yeah. I had a friend that um she was she was mentioning, I was talking to her the other day and she's like, I have all these things in a safety deposit box and, you know, it's costing me money to have it in there and you know, there's some jewelry. I said, Why is preventing you I'm wearing the jewelry now, just around the house. I mean, I, if you're afraid of losing it, then yeah, you know, don't only wear it to special occasions. But like, why do we wait for the special little occasions or the special reasons or when we go on vacation or who are you trying to impress? It's like, let's do those things in our everyday to live those moments. For my retirement party, even though it was a virtual one and no one was there, I got dressed up and I taught my last yoga class to my coworkers online in sequence. A long, full, I think there's a post of it on Instagram too. I had a long, full sequence going on on a Tuesday afternoon at <laughs> noon, drinking my wine, teaching yoga, because why do we wait until what? Yeah. Until what are you waiting for? So, yeah, I'm just, you know, I call it Sequence Tuesday. Why not? You do it. You know what? Call Chiffon Friday, whatever you want to. Wear it to Safeway. No one cares if people ask you why you're dressed up, because I can. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're giving me life, Kirsten. Because I say that all the time. Like <laughs> when they have like the Oscars or the Emmys, which again, those are all virtual. And I'd be like, I want to like live a life where I can wear stuff like that. And I'm like, could I just like wear that? And yes. Just go to the store. Yes, or just, you can. Or just be at home or, you know, and it's very empowering. The very small, mm-hmm. less than a handful of times yeah. I've done that. It feels fantastic. It's even better because you've done it just for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, the pleasure of doing that for, you know, there's certain pleasure, I guess, yeah. derived from that. But the pleasure of knowing that I consciously chose to just do that for myself and wear an evening gown at home mm-hmm. and get all dressed up for no reason other than that I wanted to. Yeah. Was just as great. Ah, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that is perfect. That yeah. is perfect. Well, speaking of, you brought mentioned your kids. Oh, yes. So, and I always think of like my kids to be some of my greatest teachers mm. continuing to be. Yeah. <laughs> so what other lessons, other than being <laughs> embarrassed when you're naked online, oh, what other yeah. lessons have they taught um, you? Oh, they taught me, you know, I, I learned from them. Like my daughter is just, an, and both of them are just, my son is funny as I don't even know. He shares my sick sense of humor and so we laugh <laughs> and we talk about the weirdest things and you know my daughter like stop it you guys are being you know and so um yeah so that is to always be young to always have a sense of humor um my daughter is very goal driven just like powerhouse like I said that wrestling judo competitive nature of her and this they're concerned for other people so even though they're kind of like low-key like for me but they do a lot of like she still teaches judo she still Mm -hmm. is doing her little kid thing so yeah i appreciate that about them they encourage me and i truly believe that the reason why my case of COVID was very very mild was because i am vaccinated and they are the ones that encourage me to do that they know that historically i have never ever taken a um or had a flu shot 
I was working from home and I never really had a lot of contact with people. So to having a flu shot was just not one of the things, but they were the ones that, you know, like get your vaccination. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And I wanted to go traveling. So that's really for selfish reasons. And because of their encouragement that I end up getting the shot, but I do um, realize that that may have saved me from a lot of the other um, really severe symptoms that a lot of people have been dealing with. So I do appreciate them for um, taking care of me and making sure that I um, take care of myself. Oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. That's a pretty powerful story. Thank you. Not just story. I mean, that's part of your yeah. part of your life yeah. and your, your lineage, yeah. right? Like, it's almost like reverse ancestry. Yeah. I love when we can learn those lessons, right? Mm-hmm. And But there's something that, that you've taught them. There's something that you've taught them as a mom about self-care that yeah. caused them to do that with you. You know what I mean? It doesn't even really matter what the specific instance was. I mean, it does, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? They just, they know now how to reverse and, and share that care that you've and love that you've shown them. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And I like to be open with them. Like at this point, you know, well, they've seen more of me than they've ever want to see anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but now like I realize that Raising them as a single mom, I was very um, rigid with some of the, you know, little rules and guidelines that I had. So I've often have gone back and apologized and I have um, invited them to if there's anything that I have said or even now if I say something that, you know, doesn't feel seem right to have that know that they can say, I don't feel good when you do that. You know, that does not make me feel good. And I, I don't like when you say that to me because, you know, growing up, had we said that to our parents? Oh, no, no, no. You would have like, who do you think you're I talking to? Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and so um, to be able to have and to give, you know, to approach parenting and reparenting myself in a different way, I think that is a what we have to do generationally to just advance and to just make ourselves better humans all all around. So yeah, I'm always learning and willing to forgive myself and also willing to say I was wrong and how can I do better? That's a leap right there. That's a generational. I mean, when you think about when you hear about court cases, like Mm -hmm. famous court cases or things that go wrong, like 90% of the time, I feel like the victim of whatever has happened just wants to be acknowledged and have an apology. Like they want that admission of guilt and like our whole justice system. Sometimes Mm. I think it's like, it's so backwards and trying to just like wring a punishment out of anyway, that's, that's that is a whole long conversation. But what you just said is what I think most people just want. And Mm -hmm. for a parent, that's very humbling to be able to, and I feel the same way you do. Like there's things that the girls have told me over the years. I'm like, oh my God, I feel things that I didn't even think of as like a big deal, but was a big deal to them mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so I'm like, we have these moments every <laughs> few years where I'm like, I'm so sorry I made you eat that soup yeah. or like, you know, whatever it was. Cause like you yeah. said, in the moment you're like, I'm the parent, yeah. this is what you're supposed to do. And just being humble enough to be like, you know what? I'm sorry that mm-hmm. it made you feel and really mean it, yeah. you know, really mean it. Yeah. Not like, I'm sorry if you felt this way, like, absolving yourself some kind of passive aggressive kind of (laughs) apology that's not apology because you know what i you know somebody apology without um an action is just manipulation 
you know, yeah. it's like, you know, I don't, what are you doing the apology for? I've written letters to like in my journal and all like these really like long letters about things that I remember like, oh my God, that's like the worst thing you could do to a child. And they're like, I don't even remember that. I'm like, but, but I want you to forgive me for this. And they're like, okay. But what about something that was like minor that I thought was like, you know, like very, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just the impact and the, um, it's an interesting kind of like thing to, to see and watch and witness. Yeah. But then you're learning and growing together. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that you're, you know, the parent child, adult child mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. is ever evolving and yeah. I consider them my, you know, my best friends mm-hmm. and it's, it's great to be able to have those hard conversations and, and own up to it. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to like put people down and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I'm curious if um, just speaking, I guess, specifically, because you've gone into it a bit just in Mm -hmm. terms of your yoga journey, but particularly keeping in mind your identity as a black woman, what have your inner voices been telling you lately and about where to focus your attention and and your drive? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, my focus and attention, I came to the clarity. Um, I did um, Angie. Afro yoga, her decolonization program that she had last year. So that's actually how I came to be part of Yoga Moves Us because one of my cohorts, real dear friend of mine, Anna, she was president at the time. And, you know, we were doing this little cohorts and I still have yet to go back and finish all my homework, I will confess. Um, But (laughs) part of it, the first thing was about clarity. And I had just retired and I knew I wanted to volunteer. And I was a big volunteer with Habitat for Humanity. And I've gone to international trips for Habitat. And I was all set to go back to Habitat, which is something that I really, extremely love. I love the whole Habitat and what they do. But I also love yoga. And I wanted to move into more of a community yoga. Like my first love was always a community yoga because that's how I found free day of yoga. I had been doing that for, for, for a couple of years. I had been teaching in other community spaces. So I really wanted to show up. And so I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and just start doing community. So when Anna, she says, I have something that I want to propose for you. I'm like, okay. I, I thought it was going to be like teaching a kid's class or something like that. She's like, Hey, mm-hmm. would you like to be president of yoga moves? I'm like, what? No, not me. I'm not prepared and qualified to do that. But because of the passion that I share for the community and for yoga and for yoga moves and the impact that they do, I was just so happy to move into this role. I've got some huge visionary kind of strategic plans that we're going to start implementing. And so not just the yoga in the parks, but, you know, I'm going to tell you yoga, yoga moves 2.0 is coming soon. Yeah. And yeah, 2.0. I even have a launch date, but I'm not going to announce that yet. But but just to see that what the original foundation of Yoga Musas was, it was started off as a way for yoga teachers that were new to teach and bring uh, like a free yoga in the park. So I'll let you know a little bit about our expansion program that just that part. We're going to continue that to reach out to all of the studios that want to participate so that we can kind of share and exchange resources to invite their teachers to come out and teach with us in the community, in the community where the actual studio or the teacher resides so that they can get to know the community. The community can get to know them because we're only doing this once a week. So we want the community to go back out and support those studios, to support those teachers. And so that's that first role. And then we would also like to invite 
new teachers into teacher training programs because honestly, if you once you finish your certificate, there's very little chance that you may have a regular you know teaching opportunity at the studio. They've already got teachers, so where do you teach? This is a way for you to get immersed into the yoga community for you to get some kind of a mentorship program so that you're learning from experienced teachers. And then that experienced teachers, we're going to move on to our new Yoga 2.0 program, which will be doing more bigger impacts into other communities. But this is a way that we can collaborate with the existing studios, with the existing teachers, and also have a cycle of great community advocates that want to come out and give to the community. So that's what we're working on right now is to be able to like shore up that infrastructure within our program so that we can start moving forward. And we're expanding. We've got a lot of other communities that want to collaborate with us, that want to actually start other outreaches in to like El Dorado Hills and to Roseville and to, you know, Lodi. We've got a lot of outreach that that is available. And so that's why we're opening us up to any studio and all those teachers that would like to come in and just give back to the community. We all are volunteers. We don't get paid, but we we do have expenses and we'll do fundraising for the um the organization, but this is something that we, I mean, are passionate of giving and, and offering this. Oh, wow. That's huge. I'm so excited now. I'm like, I want to know the lunch date. I want to know the details, but I know it will come. It will come. It will, it will come. come. It will come. It will come. So. Yeah. The 2.0 part process is even going to be like where the impact that we can actually reach. And I'm excited about that also. But yeah, just to, just to connect the yoga community together. Um, like, and, so, and like I said, there's, um, there's so many opportunities to teach. We, right now we're only in the parks, but within the couple of months that I've been with Yoga Moses, I've had some connections with other community organizations that would like us to expand to like art studios and you know, other mm. like churches. Yoga is not a church thing or religion, but it's, you know, a way of everyone to just be more connected with themselves to whatever spirituality practice that they have. So, yeah, we're looking into Mm -hmm. um, reaching into more of those spaces also. That is awesome Mm -hmm. and very exciting. And you're doing doing great things. I know there's already great people on board there, but they were smart to Mm -hmm. (laughs) get you more involved and and become president. So that's an even bigger impact. And Mm -hmm. I know all of us who were seeing that announcement, we were very excited yeah. to see that. Very yes. happy for you. And yes, and I've been invited, like um, since I became president, I've been inviting a diverse group of teachers to come in and teach with us. And that wasn't the other thing is I wanted to make sure that the, like I said, there was a connection and I wanted to make sure that who you saw up there was a connection of the whole general area of where we live. And so be able to invite more teachers of color to come in, to my t- other styles of yoga to come in, to be able to not, um, to, to make it more inclusive, more accessible, to make it more diverse. That is where I was my first um you know, looking at where we can start to um, expand who we are as, yeah. as yoga moves us. And so I've been actively actually going out and finding teachers of color, people that I've never even met before. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you want to teach with us? I'm like, come on. And um, it's, it's happening. And I, and this is the thing I realized I come from a data analyst background, did that for 30 years. So I've been taking stats, our impact, our um, attendance of 
uh, BIPOC people increases at least 20 to 25% every time we have a teacher of color teach a class or lead a class. And so, yeah, I do recognize that that is something that is missing from general population of what yoga looks like. But I always say yoga is not what it looks like, it's what it feels like. And so we want you to feel like you are connected. And so that's what I'm looking to bring that connection for everyone. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and to bring more representation. Because, you know, as we say, representation does matter. While it doesn't matter what you look like statistically and emotionally, you know, we know that normalizing having teachers of color until it becomes normal, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the exception to the rule. It's just part of, yeah. you know, what yoga teachers look like. So thank you for mm-hmm. all you're doing and, and appreciate you. Thank and you. wanted to notice that since retirement, <laughs> you're, oh you're so young looking <laughs> and young at art, young at heart, but you've aged backwards Aww. since you retired. That's what my therapist so, says too. <laughs> Yeah. It's, I mean, it's obvious you're living a life you love. I do. And I think you were before, but now like having the freedom mm-hmm. to do these things that you're really excited about. So what are some of the things, I know we've talked about yoga and you can talk about that more, no, no, but no, what no. are some of the things in life that bring you just such great joy? Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's a recipe for health and happiness yes. too. <laughs> it's funny that you say freedom because right before COVID, like, so COVID hit the pandemic, you know, shut down March 17th. I was still in a relationship at that time, living with my ex. We hadn't lived together, but we were together for 14 years. And two weeks into the pandemic, I woke up. I'm like, I don't belong here. I don't live here. I mean, it just was not, not the place for me. It was the hardest thing that I ever had to do. Yeah, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do to finally admit that I needed something for me. I needed space for me. In his mind, it was just physical space. But me, it was a space to be me, to face this fully be with all of my emotions, with all of my feelings, with all of my thoughts. And I decided that I had to move. I've never lived alone at that point. So this is now my first experience of living. Well, I have my dog who is my nemesis girlfriend and I call her Lucy slash Lucifer or whatever she (laughs) wants to be at the time. But this is, this was something that I needed for myself. And with that, I found clarity kind of like going back to um, what I learned from the decolonize. I found room to really examine what was important for me, what is important to me, what I liked, what I didn't like, what I like to eat. What I wanted to eat at two o'clock in the morning at a salad, like I have made a salad at two o'clock in the morning too, because I was hungry and I was up and I didn't have to get up and go anywhere because I'm like, hey, let's do that. And I've also got up and made ice cream at two o'clock in the morning. So there's a balance. But all of that was just my time to really like really sit with who am I? And I remember this because one time I was in actually a yoga training and I was asked a question, who are you? And I started to cry. And I only started to cry because I did not have an answer for that. And that just felt so empty. So I can ask that, you know, like now there's so many parts of me. Um, I'm just not one thing or one person. Well, I am one person, but, you know, just answer that. So after retirement, retired in November, like I said, I was going to go back and volunteer with Habitat. But then this whole yoga thing came up. But then there were other things that I wanted to do. 
So I went and I love solo traveling. So my dog and I got in my little Subaru and we, I did solo camping for the first time, but I wanted to go to Yosemite and see the firefall. So firefall is that once a year where the waterfall looks like fire, the most magical moment in the whole entire world, because you've got all of the elements, you've got the earth and the wind from the water and you've got the fire and it's just magic. So I got back, I did a vision board. And I'm like, what else do I want for my life? And so I did this vision board and everything I put on there actually came true. So it's right above my altar right now that I get to meditate on that. But I started violin lessons. I practiced violin from elementary school through high school. My kids bought me a violin maybe a couple years back, about four or five years back. Never played it. I was like, I'm going to do violin. So I'm taking violin lessons online with another black instructor that I found from that I got connected with from my earrings. Yeah, she, <laughs> nice. yeah, Ebony London earrings. She's like, oh, yeah, I know those earrings. And so she connected us. And so I started taking violin lessons. And violin, believe it or not, it's not just picking up the instrument. It's so much of, there's so much in it. There's Latin and there's like math and there's rhythm and there's vibration and there's, there's tempo and there's all these things. I haven't even like, I broke my G string. I'm like, ain't nothing but a G string, baby. I keep saying that. But uh, I, uh, just learning, learning all of that, learning to, to play this instrument, which is actually pretty much like we do in our life. Our body is our instrument that I get to play every day. So a lot of my lessons um, or yoga te- classes that I actually teach, you'll find some kind of musical reference of learning to tune your instrument or, mm-hmm. you know, touch into your own vibration and your own rhythm, because that's pretty much what we're doing anyway. So. Started violin lessons. Okay, so on my vision board, I put after the um, the Yosemite thing, I put sell your stuff and buy a van. Okay, I didn't sell my stuff, but I did buy a van. So <laughs> I have this van outside that I'm converting into an RV. So I'm going to take all my skills from Habitat and all of my other skills, and I'm going to convert my van into an RV. And Lucy and myself, and my van's name is Lady Charmaine Fantastic. And we are going to go and just do like little, you know, I think I'm going to do like retirement yoga on the road trips or something like that. You know, just little things like that. So um, let me see retirement. Let me see what else have I done? The podcast, which was brewing for a while. And I finally, I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And I did it. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I need to, I need to, I need to take a step back learn a little bit more and then go back and do it. So the podcast will be coming back after yoga season ends in October, like November. Yeah. It'll be coming back. Okay. And let me see what else. Yeah. There's, there's, I don't even know what else. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And it only been, it's only been since November of 2020. It hasn't even been a full year yet. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. are just getting started, mm-hmm. something tells me. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't even been a full year. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm curious with all this introspection that you've done, and, and thank you for sharing that really vulnerable moment of that really difficult decision that you had to make. I'm wondering if looking back, and you might not have an answer for all of them, but for whatever reason, when I was thinking of the questions for you. I wanted to ask you, what's something you would tell 12, 24, and 36-year-old Kirsten? And I kind of feel like Ooh, in girl. my mind, <laughs> tell you. like those three, there's Ooh. something about those three ages that now that you're, you know, in re- retirement age, yeah. um, 
I feel like, but you know, by 36, we're kind of most of us fully formed adults or well on the yeah. way to being there, but that we're very different. And for some reason, those yeah. numbers came up mm-hmm. for me, for you. Yeah. Okay. So 12 year old Kirsten would be to, it's okay to be, it's okay to be different. It's okay that you don't have to like and go along with all the other things that everyone's doing that you it's okay and by knowing that it's okay just for that is so empowering is so affirming that you don't have to set yourself up to someone else's standard or that i had a voice and that was the other thing i would say that i had a voice in to what i wanted to do instead of just going along with with things that I saw everyone else was doing that I just really didn't resonate with me. Cause I, I think I've done that a lot in my life of being a people pleaser and, you know, just going along, but not really doing things that meant something meaningful. Now I'm at that point where I can, you know, verbally say those kind of things. But other than that, I would tell her, yeah, it's okay to be different and just uh, say it. If you don't want to do it, just say it. And yeah. 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 Then the 24-year-old me, girl, my 24-year-old, mm-hmm, that one, <laughs> I was still to the point, like, 24, I was, I was, like, dressed down into, like, suits and the little whole corporate thing. I would tell her, girl, you need to be wearing a little bit more. So you need to, you didn't get that body just for to be hiding it, okay? And it doesn't have to do, because I felt so awkward in my body for the long time, so I would never wear anything that would draw attention. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I don't care. But, um, but, but then back then I would have done the things, the bold, the more adventurous things back at 24 that I did when I was 36. It took me until I was 36 to be 24. And then when I was 20, uh-huh. yeah. So then when I was 36, I was acting like I was 24 and I'd be like, you're not 24, you're 36 with two kids. And so uh, at that point, but yeah, so at 24, I would have been 39. We could like, you would call that Freaky Friday and switch reverse, reverse. So mm-hmm. I would have been at 36. And so, yeah. And then at 36, of course, you're older, wiser, and you're trying to set the good example for your kids. But then at that point, I'm like, wow, I need some adventure in my life. And so that's when I started doing the whole adventurous kind of thing and like, oh, doing more, you know, daring kind of things that I would, um, yeah. So I think that's going backwards. Um, that's what I would say. And now you're aging backwards. So <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you may get a chance to there relive that. Yeah. I feel like you are. Thank you. Based on what you've said, right? Mm-hmm. Just feeling that freedom in your body and giving, giving your, and see, you've done that now, giving yourself permission to live and love mm-hmm. and express the, the body in your body that you have now gives mm-hmm. it to others as well. Like I always look at you with that admiration. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. I, uh, and on that note, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to ask you, because I know you said 12, and I mean, all of us have yeah. been followers and you know what I mean? We just, we do what's going to make us fit in and feel mm-hmm. the most comfortable, especially when we're young. But who are some of your greatest influences, influencers, familial or not, that mm-hmm. have inspired and changed and moved you? Mm. Um I would say like, you know, and they don't have to be famous people too. like one of my best right. friends right now. Um, and he's been my best friend forever. He is um, probably like one of the persons that I can 
be raw, emotional, and tell me every, not what I want to hear. Those kind of conversations, we pretty much see each other every Monday because he lives four blocks away from me now, and we grew up together, and we, we escaped this cult religion together, and so we have these very just like honest conversations. And so without him in my life, he's one of those persons that um, just bold, tall, beautiful, black gay man that has never been afraid to shy away from who he is. And so I wish I had half of his... Um, yeah, sometimes I'm like, can I quote you or can I take you with me so you can speak for me? Because he's just that person. So that knowing that how bold he is, how knowing who he is and unapologetically who he is, um, mm-hmm. he's been, yeah, an amazing person to have in my life. Who else? Let me see. I've got so many people. I love um story of Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of her that I'm staring at right now. She was kind of like the inspiration for another inspiration for my podcast is to, mm-hmm. she didn't say anything. She was silent for a long time after something happened to her. Nothing tragic like that happened to me. She said that during that time, she just observed and watched and, and noticed and studied people. And then when she had something to say, she said it. And so I, I really love that about how she was so wise and that she didn't waste her words. And Bingo. yeah, and so her example of just being this soft spoken, but with a very big, important, impactful thing to say is um, one of the persons that I actually admire also. Yeah, yeah. I consider her a, a spiritual grandmother mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I still remember the day I I read. I know why the cage board sings in one day. I got it at a local used bookstore when I was in college, yeah. and sat down at my now husband then boyfriend Richard's table, read it cover to cover. <laughs> Just yeah, so so moving. I'm curious in terms of lately. If there's something you've seen, heard, or watched that really moved you that you think others need to know about. Oh, girl, I got this one book. It's called, I don't know if I can say this on air. I got a couple books. One's called, okay. one's called Pussy Prayers. Okay. Got to get this book. This is about women. It's written for Black women or women of color. It, it talks about, you know, reclaiming your pussy. But just as a perspective of we deserve to have, we weren't taught to have desires to have pleasure to have you know as a stories of black women who overwork and like i said please people all the time and we give and we give and we give but what would it be like to offer ourselves all of those things and to take back the power that we have in our bodies and our Mm. connection so i love that book do you have it there who's the author i do it's from black girl bliss i've got that one so here's my three books that i love Pussy Prayers. Okay. All right. By Sacred Women, Sacred and Central Rituals for Wild Women of Color. So this book, I actually, I told Wanda about this too, because she's got this, this new podcast that she's doing and Mm -hmm. um, talking about, you know, just the stigma of sexuality with women and especially for black women that we just don't talk about Mm -hmm. it. And so, um, yeah, I thought this, this book right here is very very um just to give you the rethink 
just who you are as a black woman and to own that because um, there is a art exhibit at Sojourner Truth Museum. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it out in South Sac, but there is a lot of things that black women have had to endure in this country as black women not being able to be even considered a woman, not being able to give birth to her own babies and have to care for them, but having them stolen away and having to care for other someone else is very impactful. So, yeah. Um, so that's one book. Magical Women is mm -hmm. um, a book about divine feminine and spiritual women, goddess, gods and goddesses. And I like this book too. Really good book. And then the other book is called Succulent Woman. Oh. oh my God, this book is amazing. It's it's a really cool book because it's almost like a workbook and it's written into like these almost like crayon kind of like fonts and it has all these little rituals. Like one of the rituals was dance naked underneath the moonlight. Now I had been doing this prior to the book. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's right up my alley or, you know, speaking my language. <laughs> Mary, you know, what would it be like to be your own soulmate or your own partner? You know, things mm. like that, you know, that we, you know, it talks about therapy and it talks about just loving yourself and, you know, about image of like size and, and, you know, all these standards that people have of beauty. So I love that book also. So those are the kind of things oh, that I've excellent. been, I don't really watch television a lot. Um, like if you look That's at my okay. house, I, uh, my television is covered with the, I don't even watch TV. Um, so, uh, but I, I like my little books and podcasts and audio books and things like that. No, I like to introduce those cause I hadn't yet heard of any mm -hmm. of those. Yeah. And now that I know about this art exhibit, I want to go and see that. So that's in South Sac. Yeah. And I wanted to ask kind of, as we close out, where is the best place for everyone to find you on the worldwide internets and socials and okay. <laughs> yoga moves. I mean, a lot yeah, of it's yeah. self-evident through yoga moves us, I guess, but. I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm very bad about social media and I kind of like promoting myself, but okay. So I will let you know a couple of things that are happening that I'm doing. I am in the community. So a lot of things I do are for other organizations like yoga moves or free day of yoga, but I am starting to branch out and teach in more community settings. So you can reach out to me either through my Instagram in her voices or on my website in her voices. And I will be posting three workshops that I have coming up this winter. And one is going to be in October and next October 3rd. And that's going to be called Yoga for Beautiful Bodacious Bodies. And it's going to be for women that have curvier bodies that would like to have a connection with what does it feel like to move in that body. So it have a lot of different tips and a lot of different props and options for you to, you know, deal with the skin of your around your belly or your breast or your 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 you know your butt. Like how do we use these props to enhance your practice? So that's gonna be um in October, that's gonna be yoga for beautiful bodacious bodies. And then on November, I'm having a workshop, same place and at her elevated in Midtown. And that one's going to be called Yoga for Chronic Pain because I live with chronic pain. And so when I say with chronic pain instead of in chronic pain, because when you have chronic pain, it just, you know, some days you does not feel good. So how do we live with these things in our body, especially as we go into the winter months? The winter months always seem to be a little bit more problematic for me because it gets colder and you get stiffer. So I wanted to come out and um, share that. 
And then December workshop is going to be yoga for aging gracefully because I figure everyone should age. We're all aging from the day you're born until the day you take your last breath. You are aging. Even if you're a newborn, you're aging. So as we get older, how do we age gracefully? I want to have a active, thriving, vibrant life. And so that's what I would like to share all of those tips and trips. And then um, in September, I'm actually doing a chair yoga series with SAC Public Library. It's free for them. They are offering it as part of their virtual programming. And that's going to be Wednesday mornings at 10, I think it's 10 a.m. And then you can go back and find all the other body positive series that I already did with them on their YouTube channel. So they have a YouTube channel and it has all of the body positive yoga series that I like I did four of them, I think, with them. And they have all of those classes that you can go back and visit. But yeah, I, I like to do collaborations and like yo- I call them yoga experiences instead of a class. It's going to be more of a two to three hour experience where it's not just a yoga. I, I'm going to do these poses and bye, but it's more about connection with the other people in the room having a meditation, having another activity, because that's where I think people have more lasting, kind of like impact. And they take that experience back home with them and incorporate that into their everyday life. That's, you just said it right there. It's the yoga that we do mm-hmm. on the mat that enables us to do the yoga off the mat. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose, I couldn't have said it better yeah. myself, <laughs> the whole purpose of this podcast, right, is like, yes, there are episodes on here where we're doing yoga and practicing meditation. But the people like yourself, amazing you, who have come on here and taught us about the ways, like what what does yoga look like in in real life? And it's about an experience and sharing it with the world. Mm -hmm. So you are a phenomenon. Mm. And I'm so proud to call you my friend. I'm so honored that that we know one another and that you were able to make the time to do this Mm. and to I want to continue to to see you get better so you can just keep thriving and bringing so much positivity, not just body positivity, but just like positivity in general, you're a joy to Mm. be around and know that your community feels that and loves you for it. Thank you. You're so welcome. I can't wait to share this with everyone because they need to hear more (laughs) from you and there's stuff going on September, October, November, December that you can get involved with, with, with Kirsten and all the organizations as well as her own stuff. Check out her website, in her voices, her Instagram, in her voices. I will put those links in the show notes as well. So it'll be easy click access for people and post them on the My Yoga Audio podcast Instagram, as well as my own Megan Morgan at Love in This Life. So we will keep you in connection with Kirsten. Mm-hmm. I've already, I post her stuff all the time anyway, because <laughs> she's always doing these great things. I, I, I have been, like I said, I have been so knee deep into free yoga side. For, no, because that's another website that I actually help out too with Amy's, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. but free day of yoga. But yeah, right now for the next week, that's that's where I am. My yoga verse, that's, it's called my yoga versary because that was the first time I walked into a studio and, and yeah, so I, I'm, and we're having, oh my God, this, I don't know when this is going to air, but Andy Franklin from Afro Yoga is coming out. DDA is coming out and doing a group meditation. We're having a kirtan. We're having, oh my God, I'm like so excited. It's like my own little party that I'm throwing for myself. Yes. But actually it's throwing for the community, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It already is because you are involved with it. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're such a joy and a treasure.
Listeners, I want to thank you for joining us on this journey with Kirsten Johnson and to encourage you to connect with her on social media and on her website and most of all in community. These are the things she's really passionate about and is really amazing at. She's pulling some really great people together that that I know personally and, and some that I haven't met yet that I'm looking forward to meet. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to get involved because that's what it's all about, creating community and sharing our love of that both on and off the mat. And as we close out, I want to give a big thanks also to Wanda Abney, who takes care of the editing on this podcast for me, as well as freesound.org, where independent recording artists have provided the intro and outro sounds to this episode. And until next time, I'm hoping that you all stay with your minds open, tuning in and listening closely and expanding exponentially because it's always a great time for your mind and your body to be on the map.